With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Is the Auburn Podcast. Orange and True is an Auburn Podcast. Orange and True is an Auburn Podcast. You're listening to it now. Ryan S. Starrett is making up rumors. Ryan S. Starrett is making up rumors. Ryan S. Starrett is making up rumors. You're listening to it now. Chief choose ice into a microphone. Chief choose ice into a microphone. Chief choose ice into microphone. You're listening to it now. My name is Crow. I sing stupid songs. My name is Crow. I sing stupid songs. My name is Crow. I sing stupid songs. You're listening to one now. Four Eagle Auburn Tigers. Four Eagle Auburn Tigers. Four Eagle Auburn Tigers. You're listening to it now. Now that can be stuck in your head too. Welcome to Orange and True Podcast, harbored by collegemagnolia.com. It's Isaac Crow. <sighs> Ryan is with me, as is the chief. Chief, can you read me? Mahalo. Ryan, can you, can you read me? Uh, only thing I'm going to be reading is defenses on NCAA 2024, maybe. I don't know. Whenever it comes out. Why didn't they just announce that literally any other day? Hey, guys, in a couple of years, maybe we'll do this thing again. We could have done it any day. What was wrong with the day that they did it? Because everybody thought it's coming out next week. And they just said, in a couple of years, we're going to make this game again (laughs) that you all thought we were going to make in a couple of years. What if they did the the Taylor Swift thing, just drop drop it, fully done, ready to go? That's what they should have (laughs) done. I think they dropped it because then they do their earnings call. Yeah, they should no, they should do the U two thing and just go ahead and put it on everyone's PS fives, <laughs> whether they like it or not. Like, oh, oh, I have this now. That U two album's underrated, by the way. Everyone hated it because they just did that. It's actually a pretty <laughs> decent record. Um, I never understood hating it because it was free. Yeah, people hate it because know. it was free. Like what? You didn't know Apple could just put stuff on your phone. Well, they yeah. didn't. They did, wasn't it on the iP- iPod that they put it on, or is it on the iPhone? Everyone's the iTunes. It was everyone's iTunes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I had it too. Yeah, you had limited space on your iPod back then, right? It's not like today. But it was like have... eight songs, and a couple of them are bangers. I put it up there with anything they've released since two thousand and five. Well, so. Low, low bar to clear. Uh, not on the horizon. I don't remember when that came out. I'm a big U2 fan, by the way. You guys don't realize that about me. But yeah, I think I think it's one of their better records. I put it in the top top five U2 records. Wow. But that said, we welcome tonight someone who's not here to talk about The Edge and Bono and Michael Clayton. Unless those other, are other group names. Of, other members of the band U2. Um, Michael Clayton sounds like a guy that could play linebacker. Is that his name, Michael Clayton? Yeah, I think that's right. Sounds anyway, right. I want to sign just a one-name guy. The Edge. <laughs> yeah, not not just a one-name, a guy with just a, a title, The Edge. What if The Edge played like inside linebacker? Be really confusing. Like the wrestler. Doesn't even play Edge. 
No, the Edge is the guitarist for the band U2. Oh, no, I was thinking about Edge, WWE. No. Who, didn't no. he just win the Royal Rumble? Probably. He uh, he stole his name from The Edge. Ah, so, okay. Just so you know. Yeah. Anyways, our guest, we should probably actually get to him. Yeah, it is uh, not Larry Mullen Jr., also a member of the band U2. It is the AU Nerd. AU Nerd, how are well, you? Well, uh, I just want to say this. Today, uh, there's a defensive lineman in Texas who goes by Bear or Big Bear. Sure. And he just committed to Georgia. So I don't really understand what the point is anymore. I feel like we've, we've really lost the, uh, the Auburn's edge, speaking of edges. Mm. So we could have had a big cat. In a big bear. We could have had a big cat and a big bear, and we just let it just let it go through our hands. Is he from the is he from the metroplex? Uh, I, actually, I don't know where he is. You would be shocked at the number of Georgia stickers that I see on cars in the DFW metroplex. And I Denton, Texas. Yeah, yeah, from metroplex. I think Matt Stafford going to Georgia, like like really opened up this entire area to the to the dogs. Like, I know for a fact a bunch of people from Highland Park High School where Matt Stafford went, went to Georgia because that's where Matt Stafford went. That's ridiculous. Do you know, do you know who coached Matt Stafford in Georgia? Mike Bobo. Oh, there you Clay go. Kershaw, Clay Kershaw, right? Clay Kershaw, also from Highland Park High School. They were classmates. Were they friends? I imagine so. Is there any chance a- they're in a picture together or anything? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's been showed a billion times. It, it anytime has. either one of them, okay, yeah. it has. <laughs> Great. It has on what? Something that I don't. I don't watch like baseball or something. Pretty much, because the Dodgers are in the World Series every year, and now Matt Stafford's in LA. What's the most famous uh, athlete that you've been in a picture with? Ooh, Adrian Peterson. Oh. And uh, I should say, in a picture, not that you were like, oh, my God, it's that famous athlete. Let me take a picture with him. Does it count if it's like I'm at a game and it's a picture of the field behind me and they're on the field? No. Damn. Well, Adrian Peterson was at a track meet. He was in it. Well, that's that's close. In high school. I don't think you being at a track meet and Adrian Peterson being at a track meet is the same track meet. Well, our high schools were competing (laughs) against one another. I was competing. Competing is a loose term. Uh, my buddy, who I was there to watch, beat him in the hundred meter dash. Um, but I'm also in a photo of with uh, Christopher Davis, the first baseman for the Orioles, because he and I are buddies. There you go. Or we're buddies in high school. Nice. Okay. That's that's what I was looking for. That kind of thing. That's as close as I get to actual like. It's got me beat, but I have right. a picture of me and Bryce Brown uh, in Minneapolis. Yeah, no, it's, it's my uh, my high school friend that uh, pitched at Mercer. Got drafted and like played the minors for a couple years. Nice nerd. I don't know. I mean, I was in a uh, a team photo with uh, there you go, Gabe McKenzie or not Gabe McKenzie, uh, Mike Mike McNeil. There you go. The so there that, you go. That's about. Are there all, any pictures like... of you bodying up Demarcus Cousins? <laughs> no, no. Thankfully, there are no pictures of. <laughs> Our encounters. That's about on par with me. There's there's several pictures of me with uh, former uh, Alabama safety Marcus Carter. That'd probably be the uh, closest. Uh, mine is he. he, and he well, Gabe I, McKenzie I have is pictures is one of the better players. 
He's the most. Gabe McKenzie's an Auburn player that I will never sell my Gabe McKenzie stock. I don't I, know. No. I don't know what it is. There are a couple of players that's like you cannot tell me he couldn't have been. He he a, played at my he played at my star. high school. He played at my high school. Like I I hadn't played football when he was playing with him. That's why I, I pulled it back. But he uh, the best was watching him on the basketball court because he also played on our basketball team. Yeah, and he was heard. just a giant man and athlete who came at Auburn at the exact wrong time. With no, he, was a, he was an insane athlete and <laughs> was just completely misused. And Ryan, he caught like zero passes as a tight end. <laughs> then, then they moved him to defensive end and he had a pick six yeah. <laughs> against oh, LSU I remember this. Yeah. in 2012. And it's like, I remember being really confused uh, looking at the roster for that year, seeing him as a tight end and that he recorded a pick six. In 2008, he had a pick six. So his only touchdown came as a defensive end. But it showed in that moment, oh, you know what? That dude probably had good enough hands and speed. We should have thrown him the ball. My, my buddy that was a, a walk-on tight end uh, swore to me he was the best athlete on the team. The I, entire time he was Was that here. buddy me? Although I wasn't <laughs> a walk-on tight end. I, I was that, would, like, that, would, that would honestly be incredible, though, if, if at the end of it, the crow that you were actually a walk-on tight end at Auburn. Yeah, that would like, I feel like that would really just complete <laughs> some whole narrative. I know. Here's the thing. I know several walk-in walk-on tight ends from Fort Payne, Alabama. There you that, go. That went to Auburn. I played uh, tight. They didn't all stay school. tight ends. But before we get into the uh, signing day information with Nerd, I do want to play my favorite recruit game we've ever done on this show. We'll do a mini version for today. Uh, does Crow know Crew or Star Wars character edition? Is either are, you, are these Auburn Crews? Because I've been reading the AU nerd yes. columns. Okay, so I've got five names. Okay. If you've been reading, maybe you'll know them, but uh, I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. The reason I want to do this is because I just finished Clone Wars today, and uh, I've got some Clone Wars names in here. All right, number one, Garner Langlow. What was it? Garner Langlow. Garner. Langlow. That's a Star Wars character. Tell me, guys, who is it? Oh, Crow. I feel like you, I feel like you may have been fibbing earlier about, about uh, He's a three-star offensive lineman coming to Auburn. That's right. Uh, offensive, that, offensive that was tackle, right? That was, uh, Listen, he's, he's not the thought, long snapper. Didn't they change him to uh, offensive yeah, tackle or something? He's kind of a swing guy. Like He, play, he actually played guard. Right. in high school but he's six seven uh and he's big enough to play outside um so i bet well, I, I didn't recognize the name but it didn't sound like a star wars name uh, I, didn't I, will recognize say, I was gonna name. say right off the bat that's like that's the best one i think in terms of like <laughs> could it be a star wars character in a yeah. that was by far the best name all right number two chom sindula that's a Star Wars character. It is. Because <laughs> I would have remembered had to, a had to suppress a laugh. <laughs> that, that's not, that could have been. Could have been. I would have recognized a chom had we had one signed. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the you problem is we didn't have enough choms. Let's let's make this a little more fun. You have to tell me if they're a recruit or a Star Wars character, and then describe them like a, either a position or what they do in the Star Wars universe. Oh, chom. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't watched any of the Clone Wars, but I'm imagining he has something to do with. Um, he is either guarding a giant thing that is way too easy to blow up, 
or <laughs> he is going to try to blow that thing up. A little of both. A bit of both. <laughs> oh. Chief, you want to tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, he's he's uh he's leading the resistance on uh on the planet uh um what is it called? Tython? No, not Tython. Uh, uh I'm blanking on the planet. Anyway, the planet that the uh Twi'leks are from. Uh sure. Ryloth. There we go. Uh and he uh is also trying to blow up uh Imperial stuff or uh, not Imperial stuff. Um the the robot Separatist stuff. Separatists, there we go. Stuff. Number three, Tobechi Okali. It's also a Star Wars character. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm starting <laughs> well, to no, what, what kind of Star Wars character? Attacked in this, in this, uh, this no, Tobechi Okali is an African name. So that guy's probably from Tobechi Okali. He's West African. And I bet that he plays along the defensive line. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he actually is from uh, Nigeria originally. Boom! There you go. So, two four seven does list his hometown as Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, he moved there. He started playing <laughs> a few west. years ago. Yeah. It's far west Africa. <laughs> stolen, stolen from the Cornhuskers. Oh, coach number G. four. From him, Jocko Willis. Okay, Jocko Willis is a is a recruit because he's I I remember thinking that was a hilarious name. Is it Jocko <laughs> or is it Joko? I don't know, and I don't. Joko. I'm trying to remember when Harson said it earlier today, because yeah. I've said Joko, but I've heard Jocko, and I like I'm pronouncing it. Joko. Coaches would never get anybody's name wrong either. <laughs> yeah, I'm only going to pronounce it Joko, like it's a J- like it's a Joko? French J. There you go, Joko. Joko Willis. Pong Krell. Joko Willis. What is it? Pong Krell. That's Star Wars character. That's. <laughs> A joke. <laughs> <laughs> Ong Krell is probably a uh, foot and a half tall, yet somehow incredibly strong, and either with the force or physically strong. And I bet Pong Krell uh, has witty remarks to make towards human characters. <laughs> Tell me about him, Chief. <laughs> you could not be more wrong about that oh. one, my friend. Uh, you got the the force powers thing right. He is a giant bug man. Uh, oh, looks looks. Uh, uh, do you do you remember? Uh, I know you may have slept through most of uh, Attack of the Clones, as uh, many people did. But there's the the guy in the diner that Obi Wan talks to that looks like a big bug. I man, I haven't seen that movie okay. since anyway. it came out. Anyway, he, he uh, it looks like he's clearly based on the uh, cockroach bad guy from Men in Men Black. In Black? <laughs> and this guy is a big, portly version of that almost. A uh, bit thick, we'll call Does him. Does he ask for water? Sugar water. <laughs> uh, he actually does, uh, not Poncrell, but the one in Attack of the Clones kind of does talk like that. Um, the uh, This guy is uh, a Jedi. Wearing an Eger suit. What <laughs> walks? Uh, he he's a Jedi who uh, descends into madness, sort of. It's a, it's a heart of darkness type thing. Wow! Uh, and <laughs> kind of goes to the dark side. Starts killing clones and stuff. And uh, he's, he's a bad. He's dude. cool because he's got four Spoilers. arms and swings all the day. Uh, he has two Darth uh, Darth Maul lightsabers. Yeah, spoiler. So JT, JT Thor type character. Yeah, just sure. All arms and legs. And yeah, yeah. Viciousness. 
It's a little thicker than JT, but yeah. Well, so is Paperclip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, enough fun. Uh, enough fun. Here's <laughs> the rest of the podcast. <laughs> no more fun. Information only. Nerd, why are we? Uh, why are we so bad at recruiting now? <laughs> well, because we're a basketball school. Ah, as, you're right. As a basketball school, you have to exchange stars. Uh, it's a simple, yeah. It's like a checks and balances thing. Yeah, so like uh, Kentucky got good at football, and then they're, right. just, they're an awful basketball program now. Exactly, exactly. Um, but now, uh, it's definitely been a weird year. Um, coaching changes in the middle of early signing period is uh, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I'd recommend making your just if you're going to get rid of a guy, a coach, getting rid of him maybe two weeks, three weeks earlier uh, before early signing day. Um, cause otherwise you're going to run into this problem. But I think overall, given what Harson was left with, you know, I, I think he, he did a solid job on, on the remaining prospects here in, in the, in the final period. It seems like the biggest thing is that we didn't really lose anybody. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's that we have some big names uh, that were committed or, you know, signing in the early period and nobody really left ship. Uh, and you kept Tank Bigsby. So yeah. Correct me, success, if, right? <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. We were sort of headed in this direction anyway, whether we had uh, fired Gus or not, right? So we were uh, Auburn would likely have finished as a top 15 uh, class, closer to top 10, because but because Auburn was kind of doing some star grabbing. They were just going out there like right. uh, they were going to take Terrence Lewis, the five star linebacker out of South Florida, who Jimbo Fisher thinks has too many red flags. Okay, yeah, uh, that's not good. Uh, we're going to uh, – there was a – I think he's a pretty good pass rusher out of South Carolina named George Wilson who ended up going to Florida State that they were trying to get. Um, you know, there was a Juco kid that ended up going to Tennessee. Uh, you know, there was there was a lot of guys at the early signing period. You know, Trevin Wallace would have signed with Auburn because he would have – Travis Williams would still be there. Armani Goodwin maybe jumps back on board. Um, so – but it was still going to be one of uh, Malzahn's lower classes. Um, the bigger thing, though, is the 2022 class was going to be a nightmare for Gus Malzahn in terms of what he'd have to deal with negative recruiting-wise um, that I think you kind of bite the bullet on this one in hopes of laying the groundwork and start rebuilding and start getting back up into the top 10 with, with better recruiting class in the future. But, yeah, it, uh, it was going to be in the back end. It wasn't going to be this bad. Like Auburn missed some, you know – Sure, it would be nice to have Armani, Armani Goodwin, and uh, you know Trevin Wallace and Dante Balfour and some of these guys in the class, but they were it's not enough to deal with what we would have to deal with again in in the next year. So, is it all the coaching change to blame? It's a mixture. So, I, I think you know. So, here's like Brian Harson. So, just an example of what was left for Brian Harson to recruit. Uh, of rivals t- top 250 recruits 235 of them signed in the in December so yeah. starting out the gate there's 15 prospects that are in the top 250 that are even signable half of those were likely already committed like you have a guy like five-star running back Kamar Wheaton who's committed to Alabama that guy's not gonna be like oh yeah no uh, this the staff looks like they're doing great down there at Auburn I'm gonna I'm going to jump over that way. So uh, 
it was very much they're going to have to go deep on their evaluations and 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 find guys within the small amount of talent pool left uh, to get in. I think overall they did they did well in that. You know, there's there are two misses. The Trevin Wallace miss is more uh, with Travis Williams not coming back. He's a four star linebacker out of Georgia. Two four seven bumped him to the number thirty five player in the country. I think that's a little high. I think he's really good. Yeah. I don't think he's a borderline five star, but he's a really good player. Uh, he was he was going to go come here, but purely for Travis Williams. So when Travis wasn't retained, it was almost personal at that point, where it's like I'm not coming here because he didn't keep my coach, uh, and he, he ended up going to Kentucky. Um, the other one, Dante Balfour, is kind of the really only one that I would say is a clear miss. Uh, he's a guy that was going to sign with Auburn in the early period. He decided to wait. North Carolina and and LSU kind of jumped in. North Carolina took a big lead. Auburn made a big push, but they couldn't get him back on board. That's kind of a recruitment though you would have liked to see Auburn win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the good thing is they went on and they did win battles that they absolutely should against teams like South Carolina and Mississippi State and some of these other ones where they didn't they didn't lose these battles that you would go oh oh like we're we're, we're getting beat by South Carolina for in state three stars like that would yeah. be a problem and that and that didn't happen. Is this class done? Because it seems like there's a lot of open spots left. No, it's not at all done. Even Harson said that uh, Auburn still I, I expect at least one more signee this week. Um, on Friday, three-star running back out of Philadelphia, Mississippi, Jarquez Hunter is going to commit, and it'd be a shock if he went anywhere else. Basketball because we uh, we do well recruiting basketball out of Philly. <laughs> well, this I'm is Philadelphia, Mississippi. Mississippi. Uh, well, you I know, stayed overnight there. Close enough. There you go. I like Philadelphia, Mississippi. Yeah, dog. Lord, it's, it's what you imagine it would be. <laughs> it's it's not big. <laughs> but but he, he's probably going to commit uh, Friday. There's been this talk. Uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but Darren Usher, Usher the Usher, Usher. baby, uh, the guy, uh, the new director of recruiting for yeah. all of them, came, came with Harson from Boise State, made this kind of cryptic tweak about it being flipmas, that he that Auburn had flipped someone. And everybody was like, please tell me you didn't do this about flipping a kid from South Alabama, which was Caden Bridges, <laughs> who Auburn got, who's a good player, but – that's not something you really want people going nuts about. And, you know, per baseball player too, right? Yeah. Um, I'll talk about him in a minute, but, uh, the, uh, yeah, Ryan, uh, sorry. Uh, (laughs) Keith, Keith Ebro at Auburn undercover says there's, you know, Auburn believes there's a flip coming still this week. So, uh, chances are good. They're going to get two more this week. Um, there's also still Dylan Brooks. who's trying to get out of his letter of intent with Tennessee and he's coming to Auburn. If he gets out of his letter of intent, um, which would also help Auburn's class rankings because he's a top 100 player. Uh, and then after that, you're going to see uh, hit the transfer portal. I think you're going to see Auburn try to get a running back, a linebacker, and, off- and an offensive tackle, and maybe a defensive back. Um, so, yeah, there, this this isn't, class won't be done until August. Is there any Something truth to the rumor that the... – Go ahead, girl. Is there any truth to the rumor that Auburn is attempting to get uh, Cam Newton to put on a novelty mustache – and play quarterback for it next year. Well, if they give him the right that's a hat, really good idea. If they get him the right hat, they can they can slide him out there. No one will know. Because he might be looking for a team, and we are are looking for a Jesus Thunderback to play for us again. I'll it's, say this: if Brian Harson can get Cam Newton to resign and come back, that would that would be a big recruiting win early in his tenure. It'd be huge. His brother still on the roster. Yes. Still yes. Okay. He's still, he's still on the roster. So, 
You should ask well, him that $180,000 for the gift or a loan. Camp. <laughs> <laughs> Something that sticks out to me is that, uh, you know, under Gus, it seems like we would sign four receivers every year, and I only see one wide receiver on here, uh, Hal Presley, out of, out of Texas. Um, am I missing anybody, uh, or is this going to be a new thing? Well, uh, Tavares, uh, Tavares, uh, Tavares Dawson, who signed today, is, uh, he's listed as an athlete. He could play defensive back or wide receiver. Uh, I think Harson is. I think he wants to play offense, and Harson wants him on offense. Um, so that's what he'll be. But it'll be only those two. Um, yeah, I don't think they see. I do think uh, you know it's still early, but definitely one of Malzahn's biggest struggles in terms of recruiting. He recruited a ton of talent, like just pure athletic talent. There's a lot of really good players on his team, but it was more of like. What's your role? What's your purpose? Am I fitting into a system? Do I have a plan for you? You look at guys like Harold Joyner is a great example of like, what's the plan for an athlete with his skill set? I think with Harson, you're going to see more of that and you're going to see a little more roster balance in terms of how they recruit. Um, Because definitely they've hit, they've hit defensive backs hard. And a lot of that's just to build back up that backfield, losing, you know, Jordan Peters, Christian Tut, um, Jamie and Sherwood, and then also you see the guys are about to leave. So we still got to see more. It's so early. It's really hard to truly evaluate what Harson's going to do, what's he good at, what's he not good at. But um, that was definitely a struggle of Malzahn. That's something that I, I expect Harson to do a better job of. What's the offensive line class look like? Uh, well, it has, you know, based off the way Auburn has listed Garner Langlo, it has two offensive tackles from the high school ranks. That's twice uh, as many as the last four years, right? Yeah. Uh, the that's so uh, per two four seven, both Justin Osborne and Cameron Stutz were listed as offensive tackles coming out of uh, high school. Stutz has has been moved to guard, and Os, Osborne has transferred. So that was that was basically it. Uh, Garner Langlo, he's kind of a swing guy. I mentioned that earlier. He's kind of a swing guy. He could play guard or tackle. It sounds like they're going to start him at tackle. But Colby Smith, who Auburn signed today. Former Tennessee commit has a really good relationship with new Auburn offensive line coach, Will Friend, who is going to go get offensive tackles. I feel very confident in that. Uh, big kid. He's like 6'7", 320. Um, but, like you look, but you look at him and you go, man, he could put some more weight on. Like he's, it's, it's almost a weird way. It's almost a thin 6'7", 320. He's a guy that, you, that could get bigger and stronger. Um, good player out of North Carolina. Uh, but so I think that, uh, JJ Peggy's body, you know, nice and slim. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. Uh, maybe, maybe a little slimmer. Maybe a little slimmer than JJ. Um, there are no, uh, there are no JJs in this class. I will say that that is a disappointment. There's no six, six two, three hundred pound tight ends. Um, but no, it's a solid. You know, it's two, it's two offense linemen. That's way, that's way too few. But at least there are two tackles. I do think Auburn's going to hit the portal. You could see them take both an offensive tackle and an interior offensive lineman in this class, depending how things shake out. But I think you're going to see Auburn sign a big class in the 2022 with with Will Friend. That's uh. So what is that, the um? Sorry, Chief, go uh, ahead. Uh, well, that that's comforting, uh, just based on we've gotten to where we are right now because we haven't been doing that and and going after. We seem to they seem to realize, hey, that's what we've got to do. And yeah. that that doesn't it doesn't feel like 
we've had anybody that's been like, hey, guys, maybe we should uh, recruit some offensive linemen. Like, even it doesn't even look feel like it's been suggested the last uh, four well, years. I think so. the big I think the big change, I think one of Malzahn's biggest struggles as a recruiter was I feel like his boards were too small. So, like, I feel like the the targets he would hone in on would be too few, especially at offensive tackle. I mean, it wasn't like Auburn went out there and just, you know, said, oh, oh let's go get that sad little three-star down there and hopefully he turns into <laughs> four. Like, sure. he went after the best. Like, they would, they they swung for right. the best, and they were in the race for a ton of the top guys. You look at guys that, like, you know, Broderick Jones jumps to mind. Guys like those where, where they were legitimate players, Dylan Fa- Fairchild. Um but they never landed them. And the problem was they never after they landed them, there was no next tier. There was no sort of next plan. It was all right, well, I guess we'll go to the portal. Um, I think you're gonna see a better Auburn recruit have a bigger board, have a wider base of what they're recruiting. Um, but you know, just early on in the twenty twenty two class, you already see Auburn get some traction with with some important guys, quite a few blue chips, quite a quite a few four stars. So uh but you can tell it's a priority. I think I think within twenty four or forty eight hours of Wilfred being hired, Auburn sent out like eight offers to offensive tackles, <laughs> including a four star in Columbus, Georgia, that said Gus Malzahn hadn't even talked to him. So, wow. so I, I think I think that has changed. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I think uh, if you can't if you can't get the the very best, the you should go for volume. Yeah. Uh, it's better to be a volume shooter at O line than uh, than not. Yeah, and, and yeah. the portal's not a bad play. I mean, they had some great hits there. I mean, Jack Driscoll was a very good player in the NFL. Uh, you know, Austin Golson. Uh, there were some good hits. The problem is uh, part of the reason why Malzahn's teams were felt so fragile <laughs> is there was no depth, and so yeah. it was like, I'm going to go get this one transfer portal guy, but if that guy gets hit or injured like Brandon Council gets hurt there's nothing there all of a sudden you're it just feels like you're again just on the fly trying to put pieces together so I think the hope moving forward is if you can do a better job of signing three to five offensive linemen every class and that is a class including good balance between guards and tackles you go get the portal guy that makes a lot of sense for you that you can plug right in and start and and help you but you're not reliant on the portal to a starting tackle a starting caliber tackle yeah, well, we're still kind of have, going to have to rely on the portal. Do you know any? Do you have any like idea, any targets that might be there in the portal for us? It's hard. I will say the the portal recruiting. What's crazy about that is it feels like names pop out of nowhere. I mean, nobody had the uh, Eku Leota, uh, who's the Northwestern transfer coming to Auburn. Uh, who I'm actually, excited about him, by the oh, way. Oh, he he is uh, he was playing out of position at Northwestern. Uh, he's he's an outside linebacker all the way. He, he fits that stud role or buck role. Um, and Auburn's defense perfectly. He has more career sacks than anyone on Auburn's roster. He has six and a half sacks in his career, and that's with some limited snaps. So, I, I you know, worst case, he's Derek Hall's competent backup. Uh, I think that's a really good pickup. But, you know, no one kind of saw that one coming. The, there's there's three linebackers that Auburn has been linked to. Uh, Mike Jones out of Clemson. Who? Uh, Mike Jones out of Clemson. <laughs> I have his phone number in my phone still. <laughs> I know. I think everybody's hoping that ends up being being the pick. Um, there's uh, 
Henry, I can always butcher his last name. Henry Tooto, 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 the guy from Tennessee. Uh, sure, but uh, he's, not coming, he's, he's not coming to Auburn. He's probably going to go to either Oregon or USC. And then there's a former USC linebacker, and I'm trying to remember. It's like he's another name that I don't. It's like Howie Gawawati. I don't know. I'm, butch, I'm butchering it. A USC transfer linebacker that Auburn's looking at. But I, I, I think you're going to see those. I don't really have any. You know, Auburn went after Keonta Ingram out of uh, Texas. Uh, but yeah. the whole reason he left Texas is because he was stuck behind Bashan Robinson, who's the only other running back that you could claim is at the same caliber as Tank coming into 2021. Uh, so I, it would it would have been weird to see him leave Texas to being stuck behind Robinson to be stuck behind Tank. Uh, he ended up yeah. going to USC. Um, so now, not really. I, I think I think more than likely you're just going to see some names pop, or you'll hear you know the night before buzz come out that Auburn's you know honing in on a guy. So, but it'll what is what is our running back room look like today? It's an interesting room. Uh, you've got Tank Bigsby, who is PFF just dropped it tonight, named him the you know the number one running back coming into twenty twenty one. Everybody knows he's a beast. You've got Sean Shivers, who every single off season is rumored to be transferring, but never transfers. Uh, um, you've got Devin Barrett. My first love when it came to uh, Auburn recruiting evaluation time. I thought this dude was the next Trey Mason. Uh, loved his skill set. Incredibly productive out of Tampa Catholic in Florida. Coached by Jairus McIntyre. Um, he's back at running back. Uh, Brian Harson confirmed Ryan, that. Ryan, Jairus McIntyre was a wide receiver played for Auburn. <laughs> and then in the NFL, he was really, really good. Sure. Sorry. Did you know his father also played at Auburn? Yeah. There you go. Sure. So many fun facts. Sorry, Chief. Can, Sorry. Is, is Devin Barry going to actually get to run the ball, or is he just a swing well, pass guy? That's so. what we're going to see. We're going to see. Uh, you know, I think I don't. I don't expect him to uh, become Trey Mason now that he's back there. But it will be interesting to see how he performs. At least gives Auburn three scholarship running backs this spring, um, and then Friday they're going to sign, barring any kind of crazy surprises, uh, Jarquez Hunter. The kid out of out of uh, Mississippi, who I really like, uh, he's six foot, two hundred, two hundred ten pounds. Uh, he doesn't have elite top end speed; like he's not going to be outrunning a ton of SEC defenses. But he's got really good vision, moves well laterally. He he's really good in kind of zone based run schemes, which is what Auburn's going to do a ton of under uh, Brian Harson and Mike Bobo. A lot of outside zone, a lot of inside zone, and I think this guy fits that well. I think he's a solid kind of number two back. Um, you know, I think the hope is Auburn can go get kind of a big stud in the 2022 class. But those are kind of the four guys that are going to go in to the fall, and that's why I think you're going to see Auburn try to get someone from the portal. Um, although, who knows? Maybe the surprise flip is uh, is another running back recruit um, to keep an eye on. So it's it's an interesting room because you've got <laughs> you've got literally the best, and then you've got you know Sean Shivers, who is a an effective running back. Um, and probably a good counter, and then you've got just a whole whole bunch of unknowns. So we'll see what happens. I am the preeminent Sean Shivers apologist, yeah. probably in the Auburn Twitterverse. Um, and I really think that he compliments Tank Bigsby extremely well and has yet to have a game where I'm like, man, Sean Shivers is just such trash. Um, so I'm actually excited to see what he's able to do in a different offense because I've always said Sean Shivers – at Oklahoma would have been one of the most productive Absolutely. Off- offensive players in America. 
he he needs a lane. You give him a lane. If, even if there's someone in there, if there's if there's a human body in the right. lane somewhere, he'll just run into it. Uh, he hasn't and, had a lot of lanes, but no one really had a ton of lanes. Right, that's part of the problem. Is I feel like his Auburn's offensive line hasn't been a great. I mean, hasn't been great for a lot of people, but uh, for Shivers especially, it's not been great. But yeah, no, I I love Shivers too. I think he I think he does a great job. But I don't think Auburn needs another another guy back there um, that you can trust to carry the load and, and yeah. in kind of big moments. Are there any uh, potential standout freshmen in this class? Cause I mean, I'm looking at it and I don't see, I mean, there's no five stars. Yeah. There doesn't seem like there's going to be anybody that you're like, Oh, he's, he's a game or he's going to play day one. Yeah. So I think there's a few guys I'm keeping an eye on. Like first off, obviously Lee Hunter is someone you're going to pay attention to Auburn's top rated commit. Uh, he was once a five star, uh, early on in the process and kind of slowly fell to about 110. So he's still highly regarded. Um, did he happen to slide after he committed to Auburn? It did. Actually. <laughs> in fact, that actually did happen. Um, Man, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> uh, he had, he had something crazy, like 20 tackles for loss last year. I mean, this, this past year, he's a massive guy. I don't, I didn't realize how big he was until I watched uh, some of his reps in the Alabama Mississippi all-star game. Big, big dude. Uh, I don't think he's a Derek Brown. I've seen some people make those kind of comps that he's got that type of skill set. I don't think he's got the same type of explosiveness or be the same type of pass rusher that Derek Brown is. But this dude is going to eat space. He's going to swallow offensive lines. I think he's got a great chance to 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 be a, a starting nose tackle for Auburn. Maybe not this year, but I definitely he'll be in the rotation early. Um, I think uh, – Demetrius Davis is a guy is going to be important to Auburn this year. Uh, I don't think he's unseating Bo Nix um, as as the starting quarterback, but for Auburn to go into the season and have confidence in their backup quarterback and know that their backup quarterback is also not going to transfer in the middle of the year is going to be big because it's going to let the staff maybe feel comfortable running Bo some more. Um, I mean, a backup quarterback that is not about to transfer, that is capable of both running and throwing. And is also not eligible for the senior citizen discount at McDonald's. <laughs> That's a pretty unbelievable thing. It is. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since Auburn's kind of been in that position. Even think back when they had Jarrett Stidham and Sean White, and then they lost Sean White halfway through the year. So it's been a long right. time since you could say, okay, there's there's two competent quarterbacks on roster. Um, but again, I don't think he's going to be starting. Uh, guys, I think the, the two positions I think are going to be interesting where I, where I think a player can make an early impact is wide receiver and defensive back. Wide receiver because there's a ton of young talent there, but none of it's proven. So there's going to be a ton of opportunities there. Hal Presley out of Texas, you mentioned him earlier. Uh there's a lot of Seth Williams to his game. Um, now he's not the same type of jump ball artist that Seth is. Like I think he's good at jump balls, but I, I don't expect him to come in and do some of the insane things that Seth did. But I think he's got um, better top end speed. Like I think he's faster than Seth, so he can he can he can uh, get down the field better. Um, he had a he had a monster senior year. I think he's got a very good chance to to see the field early. I'm, I like to verse Dawson a lot. He reminds me of he signed with Auburn today. They beat out Texas A&M for him. Tennessee trying to make a run late. Um, quite a few programs trying to come after him. Uh, he reminds me a lot of actually Boise State's leading receiver of the last two years, Khalil Shakir. He's built in that same type of mold. I'm betting he plays the same type of role, the flanker position and in their offense, which runs a lot of kind of intermediate routes. Uh, there's some Ryan Davis maybe is another good comparison. He's a guy that will catch the ball, make guys miss in space. Um, so those two guys. Could have language with that. Yeah. 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 Um, 
I think those two guys could 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 make an early impact. And then in the secondary, I think there's going to be chances, especially at safety. Amari Harvey, who's a four-star out of uh, Tallahassee, Florida, literally attended Florida State University High School or something crazy like that. Um, hmm. Very smart kid. You watch his tape, and it feels like he's breaking on the ball exactly where it's going to go before the quarterback's even made up his mind. Like He seems to have a really good understanding of the game. I think he's a guy that, that will probably see time behind smoke back there at, at free safety. Um, and then I think some of these really lower-ranked guys that you saw Auburn sign senior today, Auburn sign Caden Bridges, who Ryan mentioned earlier um, out of Mississippi. Uh, I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, watching his tape, he, he just jumps out. You go, this kid can play. Uh, he he goes to – he's from McGee, Mississippi, which is like a town of like 4,000 people. Uh, no one knew of this kid two to three weeks ago. His two best offers were Central Arkansas and Florida A&M. South Alabama's new staff found him. They got a hold of the senior tape, offered him, landed his commit, and then Auburn found him. And supposedly Derek Mason loves this guy. Immediately jumped to the top of Auburn's safety board. I think you could see him early. Uh, and then uh, Kamal Hayden, the junior college uh, signing. That dude, earlier rolling. that dude hits like a truck. Bridges? Yeah, and the th- yeah. I watched his highlight tape that Auburn posted on Twitter today. And my, my initial concern was, Oh, we might get like five targeting calls a season with this. Yeah. Like, I, I, my immediate thought was, this dude is a prototypical junior rose green yeah. safety. And I don't know if I if that excites me or worries me. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely yeah he's he's definitely a heavy hitter. And the big question of him is, does he have the speed? If he's got the speed, he's got a chance to be one of those guys that we look back on and say, well, there was Auburn got this guy late, you know, kind of like that it was Daniel Thomas or some of these other ones yeah. in the past where they've, they've hit on some kids. So, yeah, so those are the kind of guys I'm paying attention to in terms of seniorly impact. But you're right. I don't think you're going to see – there isn't like a Carl Lawson in this class or a Tank Bigsby or a guy that you're like, oh, yeah, that guy's going to that guy's gonna be on the field and making a huge impact immediately. So Auburn Any may other- have filled out its in, – in NFL terms – you talk about people talk about like there are times in the draft where you're not filling out your top 25 players, but you are filling out your 25 to 53 on your roster. Auburn yeah. may have been filling out kind of its bottom. If, if your bottom, you know, 20 guys are better today than they were yesterday, then that's an, that's an improvement. That's a good day because you're improving your depth. Yeah. Yeah. I think this, I think, this is a this is going to be a good class to evaluate how good the staff is at evaluating kids. You know, can they can they bring in kids that maybe have a weak spot in one area or over or maybe too short or too slow or whatever? And the reason why they're three star and find roles for them to be successful. And I think you're going to see. You know, these are guys that you want in your program. And you're hoping in two to three years are are major contributors. So yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good comparison for for a lot of for a lot of these signees. The other guy I want to mention, though, early impact guy, Juwan Gaston, signed with Auburn out of Montgomery, Alabama. Seven kick returns for touchdowns this, this season, three punt returns. Uh, I think I think you'll at least see him get a chance. <laughs> Put him back there against Alabama A&M and say, see, see what you could do at this level. Um, he's a guy that can make an impact immediately on special teams, for sure. So who's my favorite player going to be off this team? Ooh. Bridges is a good one. I think Jocko or Joko. Uh six three jo- two. I think it's Joko. Joko. Yeah. yeah. Uh he he's a guy that I really don't know where he fits because his skill set, you could play him at outside linebacker. You could put 
25 pounds at them, put them at middle linebacker. You can line them up on the edge and have them rush the passer. Uh, really good athlete. Um, you know, uh, we, we know you're going to love any of these Texas boys. You know, sure. Demetrius Davis, how Landon King, uh, tight end out of Texas that Auburn signed. He's enrolled early, 6'5 kid, 210. And I'll say this about him. It's not often that a tight end is lined up as a running back in their uh, high school tape. But they were just they just wanted to get him the ball, so they just right. hand him the ball and let him run it. Um, Where's he from, Landon King? Do you know? Oh, I'm going to look that one up. I think it says Humble Texas. Yes, Humble Texas. Yeah, I know where that is. That's fascinating. Where is he? I didn't know. I didn't know we signed a kid out of there. You know, we signed three out of Texas. We would have had four if uh, Jaden Roberts is stuck. So Chad Morris did leave Auburn some uh, some nice players. But those are the ones I'm, I'm, I feel like, and then maybe you know, maybe to Becky or to Becky Acoli, yeah, uh, upsides through the roof. But he's just still early. I mean, he only started playing football like two, three years ago. Ryan um, Humble's between Houston and uh, uh, what is that town? Nacogdoches. It's it's north east-ish of Houston. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Pretty close. So, He's other, pretty uh, close to Huntsville, Texas, I believe. Humble is, which means he probably stole him from the from the cats down there <laughs> at Sam Houston State. Well, actually, uh, we took we took him from the Horns, from the Longhorns. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, back when Tom Herman was a. That's a crazy thing. Chad Morris and Gus Malzahn were battling Tom Herman or whatever just <laughs> a few months ago in the state of Texas for recruits. Back in the day. Back in the day. Back in those old days. The before time. Back in the before time. I can't even – I don't know anything about Texas recruiting class. I haven't heard anybody say a good thing about it. So uh, they, lost, they lost out on the number two running back to Jimbo today. So. Mm. Oh, you hate to see that. Actually, I do because – I know. Now, I now hate we to have, see it. I have to play him for three years. <laughs> oh. well, you know, uh, Jimbo Fisher is a noted developer of talent. So. Mm-hmm. He'll be the exact same <laughs> when he graduates, which is probably still pretty good. Yeah. Or every year he'll be hyped as he's got to be the best returner at his position, a la Kellen Mond. And then like, well, I guess Kellen Mond is still Kellen Mond. Like, <laughs> there was a, a moment in time this year where we thought, oh, maybe he's really turned the corner. And he was I okay. Mean, but... We're saying that about a team that finished what fifth in the playoff ranking i guess which is the place to finish <laughs> you want you want to finish fifth every year unless you think we have a team that can win the dadgum thing because if you finish fifth you can just keep saying look dadgum committee should have let us in it wouldn't yeah. let us in so jimbo can now recruit with look with you on the team they let us in look <laughs> all we all saw you're all we're missing that's not bad. That's not a bad philosophy. No, you want to be fifth because you, if you're finished fourth, you get just destroyed get in the first round. Yeah, you yeah. want to be fifth. It's kind of like you always want to either be in the lottery in the NBA or you want to win the NBA championship. You do not want that seven seed. That's, the, that's a disaster. <laughs> All right. Nerd, thank you so much for joining us. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We Very don't want. We're not going to talk about basketball. I don't think because, I mean, we played a little bit. Of, we played some pretty bad basketball against Georgia, and we also lost to the number two team. The number two team in the we beat number twelve. That I can safely say Baylor is the best team in America. Yeah, we're not we're not going to call talk basketball when one of us actually got to go to a game. I mean, I went to the the Mizzou game. That was fun. The Mizzou nice. game was the best game Auburn played all year. Nice little atmosphere by a mile. It was uh, it's good. It was good times. It was nice to feel a little bit normal again. Does uh, does Bruce just shut Justin Justin Powell down at this point and say, look, let's just chalk it up to next year? How many games uh, are even left? I mean, I don't know if he'll ever like eight. I think he's going to be shut down just because I don't think he's. Doesn't seem like he's coming anywhere close to. to yeah, improving. I mean, at, at this point, it'd take him two weeks to even get back to like being able to play. Yeah, because he's not. He's not even keeping in game shape. Like he's not practicing, working out, or anything. Uh, so he'd eight. be lucky to be at in the same form he was at the beginning of the year. Uh, All he has to do by is the last run game. and stand in the corner. <laughs> because <laughs> we don't have anybody on the team that can do that. Just run the court. Stand in the corner and let Sharif find you and make the shot when he finds you in the corner for three. If we can find one guy on the team that can do that, we beat Georgia and come closer to Baylor. But the moment I didn't think we team, played bad against Baylor. That, that we didn't play thing. bad. We still didn't shoot threes. Jalen Williams did. <laughs> we made Jalen Williams had a great week. Jalen's yeah. had a really good week. Jalen Williams is the is the Orange True Podcast champ of the week. <laughs> there we go. I need JT Thor to shoot more threes. Although we've yeah. talked about maybe he has shot a bunch more than I thought he had. I don't know. JT oh no, it's Sharif that shot a bunch more than I thought he had. Yeah, Sharif shot a lot more than you think he has, and he hasn't made a lot of them. But he did no. make one against. I mean, he made one against Georgia that excited me and made me think, "Oh, he's going to start shooting threes now." And then he just didn't take another shot. Yeah, that was <laughs> super weird. I, I mean, I guess percentages for him though are. He, it's, he's better off getting in the basket. Uh, 100%. Because he's going to get in the line. And he, he did not against Georgia. That was the big – the difference in that game is that somehow Sharif's magical ability to get to the free throw line was taken from him. And he shot like eight free throws or something ridiculous like that. I, I, I really think the, the, <laughs> the obvious uh, difference in that game is that we couldn't hit a layup. And Could not hit – a layup we to gave up. Lives. We gave up like thirty of them. Yeah. So, uh, it, that, it was kind of the... weird. I don't know if they were afraid of getting foul calls or what, but I mean, a lot of those layups that we gave up were just uncontested. Yeah. yeah. Not that there was nobody there. It was just they just kind of watched them go to the basket, and we looked super hungover in that game, and we never yeah. looked like we like got out of it. 
Um, and I, I hope that's all it was. We'd taken a long trip out to Waco, Texas and played a huge game against the best team in the country and played fairly well against them. Uh, gave them a better fight than pretty much anybody else has. And then we came Texas back home. Gave, Texas gave them a fight last night. Did they? Yeah. And then Baylor ran away with it, but oh. they, Texas put up a fight. Greg Brown dunked on a dude in his life. And then got a technical foul that he shouldn't have gotten because it's college basketball because he looked at the guy. Well, I feel also him. like there's certain things that when you've accomplished them as a human being, you just, you've earned the right <laughs> to do huh? certain actions. Like he, like he, Devin he killed Cambridge a man. deserved to slap the backboard when he did Sure. That. College basketball technical fouls are the dumbest thing about a sport that is officiated in the dumbest way imaginable. I agree. Like I, think Cambridge, should, I think they should drop it all together. Like, imagine if it was just way more just dunks, shit talking. No blood, no foul, baby. Just, no blood, no foul. We have that. Nerd, we have that league. I can interest you in the National Basketball Association. <laughs> I know. I'm saying. They, they let the guys have a lot of fun on the court. It's pretty great. In the NBA, you get to eject fans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely you do. <laughs> Go Hawks. And, if LeBron wants to dunk and then slap the backboard with both hands, the referees are like, "Yeah, man, whatever you want to do, dude." <laughs> now, if he wants to, if he you know throws the ball at another player, points yeah, at him, and laughs. That's it. Yeah, but if you yeah. dunk on a guy and stare at him, what, the most famous one of the most famous plays in basketball history is Allen Iverson hitting a three pointer and then just demoralizing. Well, that, that's, a bad, that's a bad. Can you imagine if they had, if they had uh, teed up Malik? In the Elite Eight. Oh. Can you imagine? Is the exact, if you watch the highlight of the Greg Brown yeah. dunk, it is that's the what, exact that's what I thought same of. thing. That's exactly what I thought of when I saw it. It would be as if they teed up Malik, which I would have gone through my television set to choke out an official. What's and, great about that? And honestly, that when I saw dunk, it, I was like, oh, they're going to tee him up. <laughs> that, Malik, yeah. that Malik block, if you look back on it, watch Calipari because he's just losing it because he wants them to call a technical. He's just yeah, like, oh, oh, like <laughs> he's staring him down. He's having too much fun out there, guys. I mean, I think I forget. Did he throw his team under the bus after that game, or is that just a new thing this year? It's a no, this year thing. He normally uh, does not. He normally doesn't do that. Like I don't I think remember he's going. Just done with this team. <laughs> yeah, I don't ever remember him going. Man, I've, Devin Booker just can't play. <laughs> he's absolutely done it before. I, I honestly, I think it's a, a motivating thing um, because. I, I don't think it's good. I don't know that it works, but I think he's just trying to, to humble those dudes. And I, I, I think it's, it looks worse than maybe it is. I think, uh, you know, it's also speaking of Baylor and Kentucky, Baylor is on pace to be the highest ranked Ken Palm team since the 14, 15 Kentucky team. That's insane. The 14, 15 Kentucky team guys had <laughs> Willie Cauley Stein and Carl Anthony Towns, where they're four and they're five, and Devin Booker came off of the bench <laughs> at the two. A guy who once scored 65 points in a regulation NBA game was their backup shooting guard. Now, yeah. embarrassment of riches. Did they win the national title that year? No, they did not. I, no, they did not. <laughs> Uh, that's going to get him fired sooner or later, though. I In our uh, Slack, I may have stumbled across what uh, actually keeps him there in that they can't fire him 
because then the team would just completely fall apart, and no matter who they brought in, it would not uh, they would not be able to recover it for at least a year. So, yeah, they that team had me. nine NBA players on it. Just want yeah. to throw it out there. Yeah, yeah, that fourteen fifteen was his best team, and they didn't win the championships. Um, the reason they're not going to fire him is because if they fired him, he would get hired by some other school. Yeah. And they'd start cheating as as uh, well right away. And no, he'd be an analyst for for Nick Saban. No, he would, <laughs> just for a, a year. Team, it, you got to think of a team like this is a similar situation to Jimbo Fisher getting hired within seconds by Texas A and M. The second it like looks bad. Well, without, without that's Hattie. that's because that <laughs> was happening. He he uh he quit on them trying to get FSU to fire him so that they would right. So now you got to think about who is the Texas A&M of collegiate basketball. And I think Tennessee like, would uh, turn Rick Barnes in for some recruiting violations. <laughs> and then, well, I was going to nah. say, does, does Alabama fire Nate Oates immediately and just hire John Calipari? They would look into it, but I bet it would be Florida State. I bet Florida State would be like, great. You're now our new head men's basketball coach. Let's do it. And they pay him you know, $12 million a year or whatever it is he's making now. Yeah. He's the highest paid Basketball coach in America. Yeah, of course he is. But does but Duke much, ever go after him? But it's not. It's not a. I also want to say this again to people who listen to this podcast for whatever reason at this point and are still. Honestly, if you're still at this point, I'm, I'm impressed. Thanks, and, Mom. and are still under the impression that like <laughs> that like there's some apples to apples comparison to be made between a Nick Saban and a John Calipari. It is so much more difficult. To win a championship in college basketball. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So, like, to but, say Kentucky fans are going to get mad because he hasn't won a national championship in a number of years. Man, if they are, they're idiots because he's well, gone. It isn't like he's missed a bunch of tournaments. Yeah, but they don't care about that, Crow. They I really don't. But they're, they're, he has, they don't he care has, that he signs, uh, puts a bunch of dudes in the NBA either. That's, that's the other thing. The things you can control in college basketball in terms of like, Things you should judge a coach on are winning your conference, winning your conference tournament, and getting high seeds in the tournament. And maybe even like a Sweet 16. Trying to say dude has to win a NCAA tournament title every couple of years is crazy talk because no yeah. one's doing that. Even Coach K is not doing that. Yeah, but he's won one in 11 years. So I don't know. I think – I. I I think they expect more than that. When was Coach K's last championship? I don't know. Uh, Too bad we don't have Will on the pod, or Dr. McLaughlin. Uh, I'm pulling it up now. Let's see. 2015 for Duke. Okay. So so it's been five years since Coach K has won. And I'd say he's probably won one every eight years. I want to say he's won five. And he's been there since 1979 or something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah, so that's about every eight years. Yeah. Um, and and no, Duke, Duke can, has uh, tournament has titles in 91, 92, 01, 10, and 15. Kay's also never missed a tournament, though. He's about uh, to miss one this year, baby. Is he? I just, looking, I just want us to have this conversation about Nick Saban. Like I want us to have this conversation yeah, yeah. about Nick Saban and the Nerd, oh, here's this yeah. is the conversation. If if all of the sudden 
Alabama were to somehow lose three football games in two consecutive seasons. Okay, stop, stop talking dirty to me. <laughs> then you will see. Oh, absolutely. People say, "Is Nick Saban on the hot seat going into that third year?" And the answer is yes. He would be right. on the hot seat. Nine and three, two years in a row, Alabama. He's on the hot seat. Yeah, the one thing Cal has not even done if it's the next look, two years. <laughs> th- this is the first time he's really looked like they've looked inept like this, but never for a full season. They always have yeah, it together by, by about now. Uh, his his predecessors that did get fired all had other than Patino who left for the uh, Celtics, um, it, it have all looked have all had a really bad or just mediocre. Like, Tubby Smith had a bunch of mediocre years. Um, and so so I guess there is that. Um, Who was the dude that directly preceded him? Oh, I don't remember his name. No, the guy, no, Patino, Tubby was right after Patino. It was the guy. No, directly preceded Cal. Oh, yeah, that's, He yeah. was kind of a joke. The guy right after Tubby. Uh he was there for like two years. It was not good. Yeah. Um, and then I he went remember, to AM? I remember looking kind of like Bill Self. Uh, Billy Gillespie. Did, there it yeah, is, Billy Gillespie. Gillespie. Didn't he go to AM? Didn't he lie on his resume? There's something else. There's some scandal with Billy Gillespie that I remember being hilarious. Current head coach at Tarleton State. Yeah, that's just down the road. Say yeah. what now? He went from uh, Kentucky to Texas Tech to Ranger College to Tarleton State. Tarleton yeah, State. Tarleton, yeah. In Abilene. Or yeah. no, sorry. And he's from Abilene. Yeah, he's from Abilene. And you don't ever want to go from Kentucky to Texas Tech to Ranger <laughs> College. <laughs> Ranger <laughs> College in Ranger, Texas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not very not creative. That was not a. Uh, uh, Great hire by them. I, I I wonder where did he come from before? Like where where why did they hire him? Was it Texas A and M? Yeah, I think he has like a Texas A and M connection. I don't know why I keep thinking. Yeah, that. he was at A and M for yeah. four seasons in UTEP before that. Oh, the old Tony Barbie route. <laughs> yeah, Billy Gillespie. This is great podcasting. The Billy well, Gillespie air talk. It, you know it, that it, nobody. It, it'll never be as bad as it was under Gillespie. Uh, under Cal, I mean, I guess that's your comfort, but sooner or later, I think Cal probably has to win a title next year. Or he's on the like it starts heating up because I think there's already people up there that are like, okay, this is is getting a little long in the tooth here. Um, but um, oh, he had a DWI at Kentucky. That was the ooh scandal. That was the issue at Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> What's your BAC got to be to get a DWI in uh, in Lexington? They uh, he actually had enough of an issue that they took away his license. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, man, those hmm. teams were bad. I can understand it in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, Cal will never. It, it, I mean, it could never get that bad. Cal will never be so bad that he attacks. Yeah, because he's, he's going to have five more while under the influence of alcohol. He'll have at least five more NBA guys on the team next year. Oh, yeah, that's the five thing about this Cal. <laughs> this is bad. They won the conference last year, didn't they? Like, Yeah. Um, I, I, You know, and that that's the thing. I guess you just keep putting the coins in the in the uh, 
slot. You don't year. fire him after this year. He might go ahead and win the conference again next year. Right. And what are you going to do, fire the, te- the coach that won the SEC? Yeah. No. Man, that's a conversation I'm pretty sure I've heard before. <laughs> you can't fire him. You cannot fire a guy who is who beat the Bama and conference Hare, right? champion. Literally no one recruits better than this guy. I mean, yeah. the, the only guy that comes close is Kay, and that's because uh, he was just taking dudes from the, uh, the yeah. <laughs> USA Olympic Basketball Development, development Team. Sure. Uh, and they're all, you know, paying people, so whatever. Everybody's cheating, and I don't care. Like I had a, I had a Baylor friend get mad at me because he's like Auburn fans are accusing, are accusing uh, Scott Drew of cheating to get Davion Mitchell, and I go, no serious Auburn fan cares. Because no serious I, Auburn fan is going to be like. Ninety-eight percent of Auburn fans don't know who the Baylor head coach is. Yeah, I and yeah. no, no serious in those Auburn defense fans, like, fans uh, defense, <clears throat> Bruce Pearl did say he recruited yeah. them off his team. But yeah, <laughs> apparently they're. Uh, allegedly, there were fans claiming that Scott uh, Drew was in person at Davion Mitchell's dorm on campus in Auburn, which is just insanity. I'm going with that. And even if he was, that's on that's more on Bruce than it is on Scott Drew. Like it's not. Most Auburn fans are well adjusted enough to realize, like, yeah, yeah man, we are. We're all doing it. Everyone's doing that. And if you're not that way, yeah. well, my only problem is, is that my only problem is is that it feels like we would get in trouble for it, and they don't. Ever like Kentucky well, they, is like not a word has been said about them, and there's no way they weren't wrapped up in all the other stuff that the other big Nike schools were all wrapped up in. It's insane. It is insane to think that they are like, oh yeah, well they're completely clean. They're not involved at all. Yeah, and that that part that's the part that's frustrating uh, is that uh, these other these teams get away with it scot free, and we. Didn't even do what they did and have. We got cheat. <clears throat> we got cheat better, Chief. Simple. That's as that. true. Better. Better. Or just get enough dirt on the other guys that they, they, they can't turn you in. I mean, the NCAA well, guys, wasn't going to say anything anyway. <laughs> so, guys, I enjoyed tonight's conversation. Nerd, thank you for coming on. I hope that everyone listening to this has a War Eagle weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thor Eagle.